you are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. And one of the things that I love the most about Jenny Kane is how seamlessly all of their staples go together. Their iconic styles truly, truly make getting dressed so easy. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, so think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off. Now, if you love sweaters, Jenny Kane has an unrivaled selection that will become your new obsession. They are known for their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters, and they do cashmere pretty much better than anyone. My Jenny Kane Everyday Sweater is hands down one of my favorite and most versatile sweaters that I own. First off, it is so super soft and cozy, I feel like I am getting a hug every time I wear it. And its wool cashmere blend makes it a great option from fall through spring. For those cooler summer evenings, Jenny Kane also has a great selection of cotton and linen sweaters. And if that wasn't enough, they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase. Find your new staples at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code BIRTHFUL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com. So JennyKane.com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons... OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend OneSkin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use one skin prep to wash my face. Then I apply their OS1i topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. 
Welcome to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada. There was moments that I felt disconnected from my kids. And I remember my mom's face kind of like not knowing what to tell me. And I think it was really a shocker when I said I felt disconnected. And it was a shocker for me to voice that out. That's Rosie Mercado talking about the moment she realized the depths of her postpartum depression. Rosie is the author of the book, The Girl with the Self-Esteem Issues and a Mom of Four. In this episode, she shares her struggles through three postpartum experiences as a single mom and the changes she needed to make in herself to break the cycles of abandonment. You may also hear her four-month-old playing in the background. Make sure you stay on until the end of the episode for my two things to do, one for you, one for the rest of us. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Welcome, Rosie. It is so good to have you here. Why don't you tell us um, a little bit more about yourself and how you identify? Um, you know what? I'm I'm 40 years old. I'm a life coach. I'm a plus size Latina. Um, I work in television. I'm an author now. I'm so excited about that. I have my book out, The Girl's Self-Esteem Issues. And it talks about like all these moments, all these moments from weight loss to weight gain to motherhood to being a shitty parent to learning to be a good parent and connect. For most of my life, like with each of my pregnancies, this has been the first time at the age of 40 that I am in a healthy relationship, that I've had a healthy pregnancy, that I'm in a loving relationship. In the past, it was me by myself with my dad. Like my dad was really my support system and my mom was my support system. So I really had to deal with the issues of, okay, I'm in a relationship and in the middle of my pregnancy, they would walk off. And and we can hear your son in the background. He's four months and congratulations on this, you know, late life pregnancy. But how old is your oldest one? My oldest one is 20, going to be 21. 21 in like four months. I don't know. Like, it's crazy to see that I have a 21 year old and then I have, you know, a 14 year old and a 12 year old and babies in the background, like as much as we're trying to keep them quiet, the, the rattles and stuff. Yeah. And I wanted to talk. So this is you have four kids and this is the first time that you're not having to do postpartum as a single mom. So let's take you back to that Rosie of 21 years ago and for, you know, first time around doing postpartum. What was that experience like? It was I really had to push myself to do, 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 um, not feel I'd have moments of breaking down. And then I had moments. I mean, I was 420 pounds. I was between 395, 420 pounds. So when, first of all, I was really big. So just imagine going to the doctor as someone who's 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 heavy um, and constantly being told, like, you're too fat to have a baby. And, and the, the doctors were like that. And I didn't have the courage or the self-esteem to stand up and say, you know, you're not the right doctor if you're going to keep treating me that way. Because I think it really hit me when I was in the hospital. I sitting on the bed holding my baby. And I remember the first thing that I see, the door was open to my room and seeing the husband's pushing the wife with the baby in the wheelchair. And I remember just breaking out in tears. I'm thankful that I had my dad, but although I had my dad, there was still this, it wasn't my partner. And it's like this bittersweet moment because I look at my daughter and I'm like, she gave me the strength to keep going. But then I would come back and look at the reality. It's like, oh, my God, this person abandoned me. He abandoned me. And I felt so much guilt and not knowing what to do. I mean, there was moments that my daughter would have a fever and I didn't understand like what that meant. And, you know, the one time that I, that, that I understood was when she had convulsions. 
like she had convulsions, like 911 had to show up and they're like, she just has a fever, like it got out of control. You need to do this and this and this. And we talk a lot, you know, and I do postpartum education and here in the podcast, talking to other people and as a doula, we know the value of planning for postpartum and setting some things in place and having like your village in place because you're going to go through so much transformation, just becoming a parent and your identity transformation. And it sounds like you were going through all of those transformation and more because of dealing with the the change in your relationship and having to come to terms with so much. I'm hearing that that first postpartum experience was very much like, a whirlwind of day to day. And I don't know what, you know, what, I, what it's going to be and just get through it. Yeah. It was one day at a time. And my mentality wasn't so much to get through it. What was helping me get through it is that I had a baby that would distract me that she would start crying and she was hungry. Got to feed the baby. Like that was one thing that I, that maternal instinct starts coming in. And for me, it didn't come in like, I knew everything. No, there was no manual of like, hey, you need to burp the baby. Hey, the baby's going to get colicky. Hey, um, you need to, you know, you should get on a, oh my God. If I would have known now about routine, like for my baby changing the diaper, like every time you feed, I wasn't told I'm in the hospital. And I think I felt frustrated because I felt also like, I was like, damn, I'm a shitty mom. Like I need to get this together. And I really give myself a guilt trip. And then every time like something would happen, then I was all paranoid. I was paranoid. I was just like on edge. I was stressed out. I closed up. I didn't talk to my parents. I didn't talk to anybody. It's so important to have a, someone that could listen to you, that you could vent to and say, hey, I'm feeling stressed. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's okay not to know what you're doing. But what's more important is not to stay there and to ask for questions, like ask questions, ask for help. Well, and I agree that that there is a lot out there, but you have to first change your approach of saying, I am going to reach out for help and that's not going to make me, you know, weaker or a failure, but actually it's going to enrich me. This is my toolbox. So then for the second time, there's your second postpartum experience. You, there wasn't your first rodeo. What did you prepare ahead of time to make the experience easier? Or did you prepare anything? I didn't prepare anything. I, I didn't prepare anything because I was told, you know, um, with my husband that I was with, we were together for so long. And I literally went from being, you know, being 385 pounds then. Um, I didn't know I was pregnant. I had back pain. I ended up in the hospital. And then they tell me that I am pregnant and that I had you know, and I, I now granted through the process, I had been bleeding. So in my mind, it's like, what do you mean I'm pregnant? I've been bleeding this whole time. Well, oh, you know, you had a miscarriage. Um, let's just, you know, let's, let's check you. And then they check me and they find out there's my son. I was going to have twins. I was going to have twins. And I didn't know that that was even a thing. And they had told my current husband at that time that he couldn't have any kids. And then boom, it's like, it happens like you're pregnant. And then Again, you go through the unexpected. Your partner, you know, your partner abandons you for the second time. You're going into premature labor. That's unexpected. You have so much stress. Now it's not so much, it's just a pregnancy. Now it's a premature pregnancy, emergency C-section. Now you have the actual pain of being cut open, of not knowing what's going to happen next. And then, you know, when my son was born, he was so tiny. He had to be in the hospital because he couldn't keep his weight. 
Um, he couldn't keep his body temperature. So there was just now this was a whole new level of stress of the unknown. How long was he in the hospital for? For about a month. And while all that's happening, you are you have one at home and you're recovering from a cesarean as a single mom. So tell me what that looked like. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't prepared for a C-section. It burnt so much. It was so much pain. Um, and and then again, on top of it, on top of it, I was a plus size woman, heavy set. And then my my like I the weight from my stomach would put pressure on the C-section that it got infected. So at that moment in my life, my dad just stepped in. You could cry. You got to keep walking. You got to keep walking, feel what you're feeling. And I'm always grateful that my dad told me that feel what you're feeling. You're allowed to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to feel, but don't stay there. You got to keep walking. You got a son. And that's the first time in my life that I started asking pediatric questions. What's next? What should I expect? What do I have to do? What's his body temperature? I didn't know a lot. So I had to ask. So about five to six months into it, you know, I, I got into the groove of making sure that he fed because he was also hypoglycemic, that he was eating, that he would, you know, that his temperature was being regulated, that he wasn't losing weight and going to pediatric appointments and all that. And I finally came to this point where, okay, I could breathe. I got it down. And then comes the next part. Then I'm told that he, he wouldn't survive. He got his shots and he stopped crawling. He stopped crawling. He stopped moving. He was like a rag doll. So now I'm dealt with what's next? Like, what was next? And I just remember, I go back to this moment, how doctors can sometimes be so cruel. That's why it's so important to not take other people's final result as, as your truth and to keep, as a parent, to keep searching. Because until this day, it bugs me so much that there's actually doctors that could do that. Basically, I was told, you know, make it, make your son comfortable. You know, he won't make it past, you know, past a certain age. And um, we don't know what this is. They started testing him. It kind of shook me out of if I was feeling depressed, if I was feeling anything, it just shook the hell out of me. And it's like, all right, there's no time to feel that right now. Right now, my whole focus is what can I do to find answers to help my son? What answers did you find? So they, they diagnosed him with mild cerebral palsy and basically my son has um, had to start therapy We because we didn't get the answers right away. He didn't start therapy right away. So today he's in a walker. He's still going to therapy. Um, he's able to talk now. He's able to feed himself. He's able to dress himself. And those are just hurdles that, you know, he we know he's going to do things just he's going to do things differently. And that's OK. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a hundred times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. 
Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com, so airdoctorpro.com, and use the promo code BIRTHFUL. Hey, Mighty One, as you approach the journey into birth and parenthood, Now is the perfect time to make your home a serene and nurturing haven with the help of HomeThreads. At HomeThreads, you'll discover furniture designed for comfort and functionality, from cozy nursing chairs to versatile baby-friendly storage, as well as a super wide array of options to spruce up any room in your house. Home threads can help make your home the perfect nest for your growing family and at a great value. I so appreciate that wide range of styles that you can find at Home Threads. For example, I was ecstatic when I found a pair of truly stunning mid-century curved walnut dining chairs that somehow perfectly match my home office chair. I mean, what are the chances? These chairs are not only gorgeous in their light green upholstery, but also super sturdy and just so comfortable. I simply adore them. Explore the amazing finds HomeThreads has waiting for you. Go to HomeThreads.com slash birthful and get a code for 15% off your first order. Do make sure to go to our unique URL of HomeThreads.com slash birthful to get your discount. HomeThreads, love where you live. I am a big believer that to uh, in treating everybody as experts in themselves and treating parents as experts in their kids because you are with them 24/7 you might not have the book knowledge and that's why you go to the care provider but you have the holistic empathy you know intuition intuitive knowledge about what's up with your baby and i think it's so important that you hit on intuition as moms we're not crazy I know that sometimes we might come up crazy and I know that we could come up crazy because of the lack of sleep and the go, go, go. And like between cooking and cleaning and working and having a new baby and then feeling what we're feeling. And then the, you know, looking at our body, how it's changed, because I think, you know, I don't care how small you are, how big you are. When you go through pregnancy, your body changes. These hormones are flowing. Sometimes like I'm I, like with this pregnancy, I would sit in the car and I got a C-section. I sat in the car and I would just start crying. And I'm like, what, why am I crying? And I'd literally be crying. And I also had like, you know, the thoughts of like, my body's changing. Like I've dropped all this weight. And now my body's changing. And I had guilt myself for it. And it's like, hold on, let's like change the perspective on that. Like the beauty of being able to give birth and coming in with the gratitude, but allowing yourself to have those moments. If you feel like crying, cry. Don't hold it back because I feel like when you do, um, it just get, it, it intensifies until you kind of like explode. And when you explode, whew, 
<laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you need those releases. There's like you're saying too much, too much that you need to unpack it. And if you're not having the time for it, introspection and the time to self-care and the time to, you know, have your village take care of you too, somebody's got to take care of you. And that crying can be part of taking care of you. I know. And I think having a village, I love that you keep saying having a village. Sometimes you get stretched thin where you're just like, Someone grab the baby for 30 minutes. I just need to sit in the car and listen to some music and I just need to breathe. And it's as simple as that. So after all, like all those roller coasters, that's a lot of roller coasters up to your second baby. Third time around, where were you at? What did you learn? What you do prepare? How did you build up on these previous experiences? Third time comes, I'm married. I get abandoned for the third time. Oh, the story repeats itself until we learn our lesson. I end up having my baby by myself with my dad. My dad must, I'm my poor father. I think about this. And you know what? It's nobody else's responsibility but mine. You know, the people that you let in, you really have to pay attention. And I got to take personal responsibility for choosing that, for allowing that, for tolerating that. And I think I was so deep down. And I think other single moms can, can, can relate to this. And I'm just going to be completely honest. I just wanted to have a family. I wanted to have a husband. I wanted to know what that felt like. And I just wanted to have a family. That's at the core. That's all it was. And, um, my, my son was born premature and I failed yet at another relationship and I'm by myself with the new baby, but this time I had it all down. So this time it was just kind of like, all right, here we go again. All right, just get up and get going, get doing. Do you feel that you were diagnosed at a level of postpartum depression or was it more just, you know, a really difficult situation and dealing with it? Like, was there a mental health component to it or all the circumstances? I think it was circumstances on top of postpartum. <sighs> Like just the postpartum period of having, not postpartum depression, but the postpartum period of having a baby or postpartum depression? No, postpartum depression. It was postpartum depression. That was, I think that was the strongest one. Yeah. And I like to clarify that. I like to clarify that because postpartum is just to the period after having a baby. But if we're referring to postpartum depression, I want to make sure we're, we know what we're talking about. Thank you for clarifying that. And 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 can you imagine, like, I'm 40 and I'm learning all of this. Can you imagine? Like, I knew what was going on, but I didn't know how to reference it. I didn't know how to label it. I didn't know how to talk about it because I was ashamed of saying, I feel like this. And a year later, I still feel like shit. What is wrong with I start I started, like, really kicking myself in the butt because now I was like, what's wrong with me? And that is like the worst question in the world that you could ask because it's like, you're really like dissecting yourself into what is wrong with you. Like if there's something really wrong, there was moments I didn't feel like I could breathe. And then just like these moments of just breaking out that I just constantly felt sad. Like I honestly did not want to get out of bed. Um, I, I just felt sad and not being, it wasn't that I wasn't able to tell. I never gave myself permission to tell someone. Did you get to a point where you actually, where you reached out for help or was it just time and? It really, you know, it, it took time. And I think the first person I told uh, was my mom. I told my mom that I just really felt, I felt lonely. I felt depressed. I felt like I wasn't all there. I, you know, I told her that I just felt like, just like crying all the time. 
I also told her that I felt like I was just, there was moments that I felt disconnected from my kids. I felt disconnected and I was like, what's wrong with me? Why? Like, that's my, that's, those are my kids. Why do I feel like I'm like not hundred percent there? I feel disconnected. And I remember my mom's face kind of like not knowing what to tell me. And I think it was really a shocker when I said I felt disconnected and it was a shocker for me to voice that out. The first time that I said that, I literally sat there in silence and I was like, I can't believe I just said that. It's not that I didn't love them. I just felt like there was like this, I just wasn't there. I can't even explain it. Like I know now that it had to do with the postpartum depression, but I just, I really felt disconnected. And I think that is one of like, one of the statements that I would beat myself up. Like, how can you say that as a mom? So how did you overcome that? How did you get out from that? place? I started reading books. I really, I, I didn't have any anybody to talk to. I could vent out with my parents and they would listen and God bless them. They would listen. I'm so thankful for that. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I really started reading a lot of books to really understand my mental state. I started really taking care of myself, exercising for me. My body needed physical release. I started meditating. I started exercising. I started not being so worried about everything being done by a certain time. Um, and I just started really learning to be present. Stop thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow because tomorrow hasn't happened. And I was so caught up constantly. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen a couple months from now? What What if this happens? Like all these stories, it seems like when I was going through depression and this one of the things that I really understand, I had all these movies that were playing of things that never happened. It seems like these movies are even more developed and more vivid and more like horrible when you go through these moments of depression and they don't even happen. I have to say that I'm grateful for everything that I've learned. Every bad decision has taught me such a powerful lesson and I take ownership of every 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 decision that I've made. And I take responsibility for the consequences of that. And the things that I didn't look for that happened to me, they taught me all valuable lessons. And I think the biggest lesson of all, it's important to connect to our body, to our mind, to our soul. Um, life reflects at us. Like life is a mirror to what we're feeling. And if you're not okay, it's okay. Um, and if you have questions, be fearless and just ask. So what would you say to pregnant people that are, are listening out there, but specifically to single parents, right? To people who are doing this alone and looking at having a baby and then having that postpartum experience those first few weeks. What are, say, your three things, top three, that you would recommend they put in place before Having, before having the baby? I think before having the baby, number one is um, if you are a single parent, it's so important to have at least, at least one person that you could trust that could be there with you to kind of, that you know that you could call any minute. Um, two, when you do have the baby, when you do have the baby, um, that you are not so caught up in getting everything done because I think as women we're powerful and we just want to like get everything done in the house wash clean so people that love you and support you say hey you know while I have the baby like the first month would you mind coming and helping me out like maybe wash the dishes or creating that support system why because the first month you're getting used to and adapted and, and connected with your baby in the sleeping patterns in the feeding patterns and 
it's really important that you really get there. You just gave birth. You just gave life. Like you just gave life. It is so important that you rest when your baby rests, um, that you are like, that you are taking care of yourself, that you are, you're allowing your body to repair, to heal after giving life. And then next thing is, if you are feeling depressed, sad, angry, and you don't know why, allow your body to release, allow your body to feel that. But if you feel like you really don't know what to do with it, don't be afraid to voice out and start looking for 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 people that for groups for support groups someone that you get that could give you all that information someone who's got experience already i mean there's so much information out there to look for when you might feel embarrassed that you don't want to talk to anybody it's so important that you acknowledge when you're feeling that and i think last but not least just understand that as your body changes and you go through everything Gratitude is so important. If you can really take breaths and come back to gratitude and just understand, just to have the real gratitude there of saying, oh my goodness, I'm so blessed I was able to give birth. And what amazing that your body did that, right? Because we have that disconnect with our bodies and we have, I mean, just in the culture that we live in, our bodies are always too something, too small, too big, you know. At my biggest and my smallest I was able to give birth to four kids and that is amazing how how my body automatically knows what to do, how everything starts coming, like how your body starts transforming, um, how you feel the kicks, how you feel. And I think it's so important to be able to like to be able to be present for all that and really feel that because I didn't when I was younger. And and this this fourth time around, I was able to feel everything and be present and really just understand like, wow, like there's a baby inside of me. And I think sometimes we also get caught up with social media. You see women like snap back really quick and it's like, hold on, she just had a baby and how does she look like that? Everyone has a different journey. I think it's so important to not compare. Not compare our bodies to others. You have your own unique body. Well, Rosie, thank you so much for sharing all that you've gone through or a a big piece of what you went through emotionally through your first three pregnancies and how this one, you know, was a lot different. Um, I'm, I'm so happy to hear all your transformation. Thank you for using this platform to just keep it real. And I don't know, it's just it's a blessing to be able to meet people that do that. I that's that's all I have to say. That was author, life coach, and plus-size model Rosie Mercado. To find out more about all the things that Rosie went through during her pregnancies and postpartums, you can pick up her memoir, The Girl with the Self-Esteem Issues, or you can listen to her podcast under the same name. You can also find Rosie on Instagram at Rosie Mercado. I hope that your main takeaway from our conversation today is the importance of taking care of yourself and standing up for what you need, especially when you're in the thick of the postpartum period. Take care of yourself proudly without guilt or shame. One thing you can do for you is to download the free My Baby app from the Dignity Health Foundation, which has an extensive section on how to support your mental health, including making it really easy for you to take the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale. And this scale is a widely used screening tool that you can self-administer to check in with how you're feeling and decide if you need more help. The app is also available in Spanish. The one thing you can do for the rest of us is support the work of Postpartum Support International, either by volunteering, becoming a member, donating, or simply supporting and sharing all their wonderful resources. 
Learn more at postpartum.net. Did you experience postpartum depression? Is this something that you're worried about? Share your thoughts with us on Instagram at Birthful Podcast or email us at info at birthful.com. And to learn more about Birthful and my birth and postpartum preparation classes, go to birthful.com. Birthful was created by me, Adriana Lozada, and is a production of Lantigua Williams & Co. The show's senior producer is Paulina Velasco. Virginia Lora is the managing producer. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Kojin Tashiro mixed this episode. Ali Kiltz and Kat Hernandez contributed to this episode. Thank you for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and everywhere you listen. And come back next week for more ways to inform your intuition.